We're in Amos chapter 3. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Where, where do we use the, where, do we, where might we hear, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye? Court. Yeah, the courthouse, correct, et cetera. I thought of the, of the sandwich uh, sign men of yesteryear, how they'd have that uh, sandwich board and they'd walk through it. And you know what I'm talking about? They have like the signs and they maybe advertising something. Or maybe they might say, or newspapers. I'm like, I don't know. But I think the court would be my number one uh, pick for that. Oh, huh. oh okay. Uh, now, at pre, I thought about, pre, talk about warning. God's going to warn Israel. Pre-company warnings. Did you ever have, like, company come from far away and your mom and dad say, now, listen, when the company gets here, you need to be on your best behavior. My grandma and grandpa Wright would come down from Chillicothe area, and I would lay on the floor. I could watch all the way, like, from here, almost to Mr. Womack's house. And not quite that far, and I could tell their car, here, oh, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And why, of course, they brought something for me, so that's why I wanted them to come. But, you know, be on your best behavior. And if you're not on your best behavior when they leave, Mr. Yes. Uh, so that was, uh, if these are warnings given to Israel that if they do not heed them, there's going to be some very much of problems. So here about the certainty of judgment, we find in uh, the revelation of the coming judgment, chapter 3, verse 1, hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, now if you stop right there, can Judah, are they exempt here? No, had they split into 12 tribes and two tribes back in 1400 when they come out of? No. 930, they split off to 10 and 2. So Judah is going to be not just Israel. Now remember, Israel, Ephraim, the northern kingdom are all the same. Judah, southern kingdom, Benjamin sometimes are called, are the two southern tribes, etc. So there's different names at different times. Israel could be, Jacob could be called Israel. Or, so anyway. Just make sure the context, we have to follow that. So, based on the way Amos starts his pronouncement, how much of an audience do you think he attracted? Question number three. Uh, I don't think very much. Not Because who wants to, who wants, the criminal does not want to hear the, the judgment upon him. Well, listen, here's the courts found you guilty, and here you are going to receive the just due punishment of that. It's like when your mom and dad were debating uh, how much of a punishment, how long you're going to be in time. We never had time out. Oh my goodness. That was, a, that was so newer age. That's new age time out. It was paddling or thrashing or, or, or switch. Or I think I did get a couple weeks of uh, grounding, I think, maybe. I can't remember. I might have. I don't know. I'm sure my brother got a whole lot. No, I'm just, uh, so the criminals do not want to hear. The sentence is never good. Question four, why did Israel then face added responsibility for their sinful behavior? Verse two, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Why does not God go to all these surrounding Philistines? Why aren't they like chapters before the Philistines? You need to get right with me. You need to, Because they weren't the his in the first place. So he's not going to Philistines to he brought me, you know, other groups of pagan. Can, why didn't he write to the Canaanite people? 
Listen, you all need to come back. They had never been with him in the first place. Revival only comes for people who've been alive, right? Revived. You have to have been alive once to be revived. So we have revival for those who have no Christ as Savior, etc. And then we have some questions here which really demand a negative answer. And I'll read three, four, five, and six. I love this verse. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? No. Will a young lion cry out of his den if he has taken nothing? No. Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin or trap is for him? No. Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? No. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? No. Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord hath not done it? No. So the questions are a rhetorical answer. Rhetorical answer. Do cats live to make your life miserable? Yes. There's, I mean, everyone knows that. I mean, that's just a, that's just, okay. Cats are the most wonderful creatures on earth. That's for the other side. Okay, for those who didn't like the first one, that one's for you. Okay. We're indifferent about cats, yes. We should be indifferent about cats, yes. So a rhetorical answer demands a yes or a no. It's just, it's a common sense thing. So I like three. Can two walk together? Except they be agreed, and I was reading this week about how agreed on appointments. Now think about the Jehovah and Israel agree on fast feasts, agree on putting God first, agree on walking his ways, obedient to his demands. Can two walk together unless they're agreed? No. So if you're not walking with God, who's moved? They have. We have. I have. You have. So we have to, if we're going to walk with God, isn't that, isn't that just, give me, some, give me some uses for that. Your relationship with God. Can you walk, you can't walk with God if you're not obedient to him. You may be a Christian, but are you really walking with God? You're either way behind or you're way ahead. Marriage. Can two walk together, really, if they must agree? No. A business partners, can two really work together in perfect harmony? Unless, no. So this has a lot of, I think, up-to-date, modern uses, if you would. Christians, churches, ministries. Can, can people minister together unless they be, they have to agree on everything, but they have to be similar on a lot of things. And churches can't sustain. If a group of the, very, the most liberal mainline denomination came into our church Sunday morning, Either we're leaving or they're leaving probably after just one service because they are not going to agree. If they take over, I'm not agreeing with them. And so we're not going to walk together because there's a great disagreement and Israel's not walking with God because they have not agreed on his authority. Is God in charge? Yes. He's in charge. Always, yes. We, it's we who, who stray from his leading. Does a lion roar? Unless it has first spotted its prey? What does, a, what does a lion, I think a lot of the lions roar is to intimidate, intimidate. It's like the, uh, the people when they have that big uh, boxing match, a real boxing match, and, they, and they'll stare one another just, uh, sometimes they get so, they start fighting, right? don't they? Sometimes the way in, they'll just start hitting one another because they try to intimidate one another. And, uh, the lion wants to intimidate his prey. He roars. A young lion does not cry out or growl with satisfaction unless he's captured his prey and brought it to the den, to his own lair, if you would. When older lions approach with prey, we find then he would roar and going to get something to eat. 
in verse four, or, or the fourth one, the bird does not fall into a trap unless the trap has been baited with some kind of a lure. Why is Amos going after it all? Why is Amos? Why does God have Amos do this? What is the purpose? If the Israelite people, specifically in the old times, have been walking with God a hundred percent, you know, if there'd be no need for a preacher. Can you imagine all preachers being out of business because every person in the world is saved and walking with God? We're not needed anymore. Woohoo! That lasts for about one half of one second, right? <laughs> and, oh, now imagine, though. Oh, just imagine in heaven. Isn't that what we're all going to be walking with God in perfect harmony forever? That's why we don't need preachers up in heaven because we're, we're going to be just, everybody working, to, you know, it's going to be wonderful. But that's why we have the, pro, the prophet comes on the scene because there's a need. If they've been walking with God, he's not going to come on the scene. But they're not walking with God and he's going to call them to account. Their debt of sin is coming due. No pun intended for our financial woes of here in America. City dwellers are not going to fear unless the warning trumpet has been sounded. That's why this trumpet is going to sound. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people are not afraid? No. Unless they've cried wolf so many times, the trumpet blows all the time. Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? I used to, there's one car that used to go up and down our road. Either it doesn't go up and down our road all the time in the morning about 540. It's got one of those, I'm not, not, I'm not, not busting on, but it's a real loud brassy muffler. And of course, that mile of the road, you'd think that I live so close to 23, it wouldn't be very fast. Oh no, they start down at the dollar store. Or they'll come off 23. I goes 25, 25. Now, I'm sure none of you have ever done that, which I'm thankful for. <clears throat> anyway, but that's, that's, we have to be, just be careful. So, but the, the trumpets, the, the trumpets, unless they've gotten used to the trumpet, when they hear that trumpet sound, there's going to be fear. I've still gotten so used to that car, I don't even growl at him anymore because, you know, get a, I used to go, get a muffler, but think he has a muffler. <laughs> this car has a muffler. It's just a really loud one. So, and it's a standard shift, which is, and then he goes out to 23. I can hear, oh, I can hear him. And for some reason, you pull out in 23 at the corner cone. You would not be, the motorcycles, I mean, they've got to be going 100 miles an hour by the time they hit. I mean, I can just hear it. I know how much I wound up. Why aren't they ever, I guess, I don't know. I know, I'm not trying, they just go fast. For some reason, we're in the speed zone. Back to where we were. No evil calamity comes on a city unless the Lord has done, according to our scripture here, Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? Uh, interesting, regarding the trumpet, Mr. Uh, Phillips was uh, a young child in World War II. He said, 
In Amos' day, a trumpet blast was an urgent signal of danger, as was the air raid siren in World War II. How well I remember as a boy in Britain being awakened at night by the screaming siren. The hideous shrieking meant danger. Within minutes, bombers would indiscriminately unload their cargoes of death on factories and homes. We had no time to waste in seeking shelter. Our sense of urgency was like Amos's. So can you, has anybody had to live through, my brain, hardly any of us are that, that, whatever. But can it, how devastating that would be. To have, I mean, you don't, are you going to live? And the bomb siren goes off and off you go. And that's going to always be something in a, in a part of your member. The people here in, Jude, uh, in Israel, they're just, no, oh, there's going to be fear. The answer is you can't sin and get away with it. That's what's going to happen. Verse 7, surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealed his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared. Who cannot fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? It's going to happen. You need to wake up and not smell the roses. You need to wake up and repent and get on our knees and ask God. So is Jehovah giving them a chance to repent? Yes. Why do we have preachers today? So people will repent starting with the preacher who's preaching that's where it starts with we are to repent of sin and get the sin out of our lives and what were prophets compelled to do in verse 8 compelled to prophesy and these are summoned in verse 8 verse 9 publish in the palaces of ashdod and in the palaces of the land of egypt and say assemble yourselves into the mountains of samaria and behold the great tumults in the midst thereof and the oppressed in the midst thereof The city of Samaria was well chosen as a capital, embedded as it was in the mountains off the usual caravan routes. It was built on a hill that stood alone in a valley. It was about five miles in diameter. The valley was surrounded by higher mountains. God, who intended to turn the whole area into an amphitheater, invited pagan nations to behold the spectacle of Israel's punishment. You talk about humbling You are the people of God. You are the children of God. You're God's chosen people. And he's going to invite, by the way, who, what city is Ashdod? What people? What people had Ashdod as one of their five major cities? Philistines, correct. The Philistines, Philistines. And so he's inviting the bad guys, if you would, to come over and see what God's going to do when his people don't repent. I almost want to draw a parallel to America because we have dropped the ball. We, we Christians, we have. Uh, pastors have. I have. I'll be the first. We, we've not been what we should be. God has called the church. We're, we have been called to be salt and light. We have been called to share the gospel, and we have not done as we should, and we've not living as we should. We've, we've assimilated the world, the church has as a whole. I mean, what's the biggest, biggest, uh, uh, biggest uh, thing in the Catholic church right now is the Pope is going clearly uh, contradicting his own church's teaching and demanding that everybody jump on board. And the African people, we're not African bishops. Oh, we're not doing that. We're just not going to do it. It's just, it's, I don't know how, I don't know how that church works. But why can't they depose him and put somebody else who, isn't there like a uh, impeachment or something? I I don't know in the Catholic church. Can you do, I don't know. But, they think because he's dividing their own church ter- terribly so much, and, and I don't know. It's it's amazing how much things have coming to pass. And can you not see? We are seemingly. We, I mean, God could come back tonight, and the tribulation could start in a week. I mean, do you not see how close we are to our country financial collapse? I mean, 
a bombs come on the scene and they target, just heard today, China's targeted all of our, has got targets in all our oil places and our electrical, electrical grids and they want to destroy all those things because they, if they do that, what do we, how, we're going to have to go back to the, we almost said Stone Age, but we're going to go back to the, I don't want to say the Amish age either, but that's, they, they can go right on. The Amish people just go, not miss a lick. They go right on. Uh, 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 Mr. Amish, now, how, how, do you, how, how do you do that again without electricity? Well, son, let me tell you. I knew you'd be knocking on my door later, sooner or later. So why is fearing God such an important part of listening to God? Do you think there's a correlation? Is there a Bible correlation to fearing God and being wise? Yes, there is. How about the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord. I was reading today that 52% of the graduating classes of the Ivy League schools in like the 1800s were, were pastors. Yale, Harvard. They were started as pastors. And you hear, you hear the, 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 the presidents giving this clear, you know, you know Christ, the whole reason you're here is to trust the Lord and to grow in him and to go out and share what you've learned. That's, that's why they were all started as pastor schools. With the word. What are some of the practical commands for our age? We find that we are to, uh, well, going, let's read a little further. For they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. These are the people who are, the, uh, the, there's a lot of people who have been so against the poor. They've done so wrong, and they're living in these palaces, and, and the poor are barely surviving, and they're, and they're not treating them right, and they're just living high on the hog, and they're not putting God first. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, an adversary there shall even round about the land, and he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs and a piece, or a piece of an ear... So shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. What does that say in verse 12? What, what is this piece of an ear and two legs? What's going to happen to Israel and who's doing it? We know the answer to this. What is the most terrible nation in the, uh, the, regarding the northern kingdom? Assyria, Assyria comes on the scene, and it's that they're going to be so evil. There's only, and they're going to be just, just in the two legs here and an ear there. Oh, but, but now we live in our, we've got all these things covered, and, and I, I, I get, this, and I know I'm not a conspiracy theory per se, but I think there's people who just think that we're, they're going to be able to change everything, and they're going to live and not have any problems, and and it's not going to be that way. We're all standing before God. You, you may get by with it for a while on this earth. I'm telling you, tribulation time, there's nobody going to be jumping up and down with happiness, I don't think. Just read the Bible for yourselves. Well, but, but pastor, uh, we believe that everything as it is now is going to continue on for years and decades and centuries. No, just look back in the past. How short-lived are the nations? If we would just look back and see socialism doesn't work, Marxism doesn't work, communism doesn't work, it destroys their country. It makes their people just grovel. Every nation that rejects God has gone the way of the dodo bird. And it's going to be America unless we repent and change. 
Every nation that rejects God. That doesn't mean every single person. Matter of fact, when, when Ahab and Jezebel were in their hiatus, how many had not bowed the knee? 7,000 people. Remember Elijah said, oh, I'm the only one served. Oh, oh, I got 7,000. 7,000. That's not very many. And it, how many people lived back in that area back then? Oh, there's not the 8 billion there are today on the earth. So, but that's quite a few people, 7,000. No, the, the, well, this is this way he's predicting. I believe is Assyrians. Yeah, but what I'm saying is a the future. Oh, took yes, yes, yes. That's what. Yeah, that was Assyria. Yes, Assyria was a terrible, wicked nation, and if we were living here, it'd be like ISIS, or or, or the people that were part of the thing on the, on the seventh of October. Yes, just so adamantly against. And by the way, if they lived here in our area, they would be doing the very, if they were on our border, they'd be doing the very same thing. So it's just because we are, they, we're next. It's only, it's Israel and America, and we're just like right next door as far as hatred. Wow. Do you Bec think America has to, or the United States, has to become weaker so that Israel won't depend on us and we're trying to depend on God? Because I, if you think back when they were leaving Egypt and when mm -hmm. they were back, before even before even Pharaoh got his comeuppance. Right now they on us as I think they only really start turning to God in the tribulation as a nation. I think so. So then that must be America must be off the off the grid then, perhaps during the tribulation. Yes. Yes. We all have to get to that place, don't we? Tarshish. Yeah. The revelation of the coming judgment first and secondly is the pro proclamation of the coming judgment starting in verse 8. We already talked about already the capital city of Israel was, of course, Samaria. Uh, as we just heard, it was in on a, a hill, in a, a five-mile uh, five hill in the middle, like a valley. And so it was very protected. But God said no matter where it is, the uh, Assyrians will get you and it will be rough on you. Because, right from your outline, because the wealthy ruling class robbed from the poor, here's your first blank, and treated them violently, God would send the Assyrians, page two, the Assyrians as an invading adversary to plunder the palaces. This prophecy was fulfilled in 722 B.C., 722 B.C. So what did Israel do with God's warnings and admonitions through his prophets? Did they turn? No, no. Hear ye and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord, verse 13, the God of hosts, that in that day that I will vis shall visit the transgressions of Israel upon him. I will also visit the altars of Bethel. Bethel and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground, and I will smite. Well, just a minute. What is, what, why Bethel? You know the answer to this? Think. Why Bethel, when they divided the 12 tribes, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, did not want the northern kingdom going back to Israel? So, what did he set up in two key cities? Okay. Golden Calf. And one of the two cities was Bethel. Bethel. So, there we are. And also, the place where someone laid asleep on a rock, hit on a rock, and had a dream and saw Jacob. Jacob. Jacob's ladder. So there we are. 
So, that, so that's why he says in 14, in that day that I shall visit the transgressions of Israel upon him, I will also visit the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altars shall be cut off and fall to the ground. Let me ask you, if you are God and you make a people and you, all you ask of them is, is to love you and to worship you and serve you and you give them everything, you provide all their needs and then they turn on you and start worshiping Saddam Hussein or Kim Jong-un. They, start, they go to North Korea and start worshiping Kim Jong-un. How would that make you feel? You've done everything for them. You've called them by name. You've, you've, you've saved them. You've, you've brought them out of Egypt. You've Make it a little disappointing, wouldn't it? Matter of fact, God got so angry at them, if you remember, he said, I'm going to blot them all out and start over with you, Moses. And, and Moses interceded for the entire nation. Did he not say, well, if you're going to blot, just blot me out too of that book? And he said, and then what, 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 did, what was the logic Moses used with God? Yes, to stop him from destroying him. Exactly. Make God look bad. They're going to say, you can't bring your people out of Egypt because look what you've done. They've all done it. And then, and God halted. And I wonder how many times that we, how many times does God want to start over with and get rid of us? I want some people who will really serve me. And Pastor Tim, look, you know, sometimes Pastor, and I know maybe today would have been one of those days. And sometimes, do you sometimes struggle with how and why God does things? Because we don't know. There's people, and there's people that we meet every day that do things for a reason, and they have a very good reason. But we sometimes look at that and say, well, my goodness, why is he doing that? But you don't know all the things he knows, and why he's doing that, and why she's doing that. Why does she, why does she walk that way? Why does she have to wear whatever? Because we don't know, and we don't know what God has and sometimes pastors just have to stop and slow down and let God be God. Someone told me today, even, that God is writing a book and we grab the pen out of his hand sometimes so that we can, I won't say, you know, who was said, it was said to me. It was, you know, sometimes we need to hear that too. Just step back for a moment and let's be patient. Someone told me I need to be patient. To, it wasn't even my wife today. It was like someone at work said, Tim, you know, and it was a good, he said, sometimes we just need discernment and perhaps you just need to be a little patient on this. You're right. You're right. Shall we go on? We got three, four minutes. Uh, so, so what did Israel do with God's warnings? Refused to hear them. And they're going to end up, they're going to end up in verse 12 as a, uh, ear here, here, there, here, ear there, here, everywhere, a leg here, a leg there. They're all going to be dismembered, perhaps. That could be even a literal, I mean, the way they do. I mean, don't know. In verse 15, and I will smite the winter house with the summer house, and the houses of the ivory shall perish, and the great houses shall have an end, saith the Lord. It was a resort area. It was a resort. So they had the rich had a house here, and a house over in Bethel, a house on the cool country. We're going to take all those. You're going to lose them all. You may think that you're living up in high, wide, and handsome, as Mr. Dr. Rogers used to say. And I think America, we're not careful. We have that same, well, we're, we're invincible. We're not. We are not invincible. And we're just going, to, just going to be further hammered home to us in the years to come, I believe. We're not. 
We are going to have to rely upon God more and more and more. So question 11, this is almost like a take home something for you to do at home the rest of it. Why is there often a correlation between living a comfortable life and ignoring God? Why is there a correlation or is there between living a comfortable life and ignoring God? Don't need God very much, exactly. We don't need God. We, we, and that's when we need him the most. Wasn't it one of the churches, no, I, I actually do not know the answer to this one, uh, in, the, in Revelation 2 and 3, that was, what was rich, but they didn't know it. Actually, they were dirt poor. They were rich in all these things, but in reality, they were dirt poor because it wasn't Laodicea. But it was, I can't remember which one. It was Smyrna. Well, Smyrna was a good church, I think. I been I don't know. Yes, it, it was, uh, uh, we, we just don't realize what I really have. And I, I told someone even today, I said, you know what? I need to hear, we need to hear sometimes. We just need to, I don't want to hear the truth sometimes. But sometimes we just need to hear these things to help us have a proper perspective on things. And, and, and even, uh, so. Now, Jeroboam, we covered 12 at Bethel. At Bethel was where the, the uh, calves were set up. And we'll start at verse, we'll start next time. There, with chapter 4. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that you do watch over us. And we think of the admonition, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye the word of the Lord. Lord, I pray that our own nation will hear your word. We preachers will preach clarity and preach your words. And that thus saith the Lord will find lodging in the hearts of people. And that our nation would return to you with our leaders. That they would seek you, seek wisdom from you. And not just do things to placate whatever but they will seek your face and what is best for the people of our nation and things that honor you and go along with your word. So Lord, help us that we be praying for the people in authority, that we ourselves in our own homes and lives that we'll be walking with you. Can we walk together except we be agreed? And we cannot. So Lord, if we love you, we will obey your commandments. Ask all these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.